You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Can I please ask that everybody would stand to their feet? If you're visiting with us for the first time, if you can just stand to your feet, we're going to make a declaration. It's just the Word of God. It's our custom, our way in household of Christ. Before we minister the Word of God, we declare the Word of God. Amen. Are you ready? One, two, three. I'm a son of God revealed. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm a life-giving spirit. I accept his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection power in my life. I'm bound to his word and can do what it says I can do. I receive the word with meekness and I'm changed from glory to glory. I have the God kind of faith. I'm the righteousness of God and will never be the same. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. As you take your seat, turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes and say, your smile looks better than the last time I saw you. Keep on smiling. I know you have a lot of things to be happy about. Amen. Maybe you're going through some challenges and some difficulties, but when your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, there's reason for you to rejoice. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to minister a message today that I've given the title to be or not to be. To be or not to be. To be a Christian or not to be a Christian. Everything that the Word of God says about you says that you can do, you can do it. Can I have one amen? When you read the Word of God, whatever this Word says about you, it's true. When we say that we are a Christian, what we are actually saying, we want to be like Christ. We're actually saying that our life comes from Christ. The true you originated in Christ Jesus. What God values most about you is beyond human comprehension. Because in our hearts, we are all made to be like God. The greatest mistake that we make so often as Christians, we try and live without the help of the Holy Spirit. We think it's a matter of combining our strength with God's strength and then we'll have victory instead of relying upon His ability to become our ability. Whether you've been serving God forever and a day or whether you've just committed your life to Christ or you want to commit your life to Christ, you need the help of the Holy Spirit to be able to be a Christian. We know that we need God, but we don't always realize how much we need God. Turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes and say, we don't always know how much we need God. Tell them again, say, we know we need God, but we don't always know how much we need God. The Bible teaches us in the book of Corinthians that we cannot even say 
that Jesus is Lord without the help of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 3 says, We cannot say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means without faith being born of God, we cannot even say that God is Lord. We'll say it in our own strength. You can live a life as a Christian being convinced, serving God from here, or being converted, being linked up with God. Any person can say no to sin. But you can only say yes to righteousness when God, the Holy Spirit, is involved. Man can discipline himself, put laws upon himself not to do certain things and be good. But if you're going to say yes to righteousness, you need the help of the Holy Spirit because he who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He never sinned, but he became sin. We've never been righteous, but through faith, that is born of the Spirit, we can become righteous when we confess Jesus with our mouths and we believe it in our hearts. So we know that we need God, but we don't always realize how much we need Him. So the question is to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit or not. How many things do you do without depending on the Holy Spirit, even as a Christian? Many of you have walked in here. Who of you went and sat down on your chair in Jesus' name, relying on Him? No, you just go and sit. How many of you get dressed saying, Holy Spirit, help me? I'm scared to ask this one. How many of the ladies asked Jesus, just help me with my makeup this morning? <laughs> You need grace and you need the help of the Holy Spirit to be able to maintain your confession, to continue to say that Jesus is Lord and let Him be Lord in your life. Luke 8, verse 5 to 8 teaches us that God deposits good seeds within our heart, plants good seed within our heart. But the enemy comes and he wants to plant bad seed difficulties trials, tribulations the word of God calls it the deceitfulness of riches that chokes the word of God out of our hearts especially the month of January many people are facing financial challenges after December spending too much money Am I talking to the right people here this morning? Turn to the person next to you say, to be or not to be. When the abnormalities of this world start choking at you, you need the Holy Spirit to help you to hold on to your confession and to declare the Word of God. To live a victorious life, you have to know that you have a friend in the Holy Spirit that's here to help you. 
He's the helper. Turn to the person next to you say, to be or not to be. David was not a giant slayer, but David had a friend in the Holy Spirit who disposed of giants. Mighty men did not come to David because he was the strongest, because he was the best, but they recognized the grace of God upon his life. They recognized that the Holy Spirit was with him. That's why the mighty men came. In 1 Chronicles 12 verse 22, it says, they all came to David with a loyal heart until it became a great army like the army of God. It cannot become like the army of God if God is not involved. What you are busy with, what will people say? Will they say it's your army, it's your kingdom? Or will they acknowledge the involvement of God in your life? What kind of a Christian are you? Are you depending upon the life and the help of the Holy Spirit? Or are you relying upon your own strength? This is the question. It's the greatest mistake that Christians make. They don't ask the Holy Spirit to help them. One of the best prayers that you can pray every morning Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon me, empower me, strengthen me, and help me. It's time to be who God has called you to be. It's time to be who God has called you to be. To be who God has called you to be or not. When you depend on God's ability, His ability will strengthen you so that you can do what you have to do means you're going to have to change. Change. Let me see, who of you started with good New Year's resolutions? I'm going to be more like Jesus. I'm going to do more Jesus things. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to read more Bible. And here, it's not even the end of January, and you've made some mistakes. Just let me see your hand. Just be honest. Turn to the person next to you say, everybody makes mistakes. The Bible gives us instruction in righteousness that every person can change. Every person can change. But if you try to change by placing laws upon yourself, I just want to give you the bad news up front. If you try to change by putting laws upon yourself, all you will experience is condemnation. Law cannot do it. That's why Jesus Christ came. So are you ready to be the best you? The best you is in Christ. The Bible teaches, therefore, when anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. All things have become new. Can I just give it to you as a Christian? Be the new you. Be the new you. Unfortunately, do you know what your mind wants to do? Do you know what the enemy wants to do? The enemy wants to take you to ground zero the way you used to be. When things go wrong, 
when somebody upsets you, when you have a disagreement with somebody, and they really make you angry. You know, you can have Jesus moments where you are angry with somebody, they make you angry, and you're in Jesus mode. Bless you, my brother. Bless you, my sister. I'm just going to let it go, and you walk away. Have you had moments like that? Let me see your hand. And then you have moments where they've really made you angry. And you say, do you want a piece of the old me? <laughs> Am I talking to the right people here? That's where the enemy wants to take you, to the old you. But Paul said, when you are in Christ, you're a new creation. The old things have passed away. So to be the new you or to be the old you, that's what you have to decide in this new year. Because if you want things to be new, we make things new by the way we live. Amen? Romans 8 verse 1 says, Therefore, there's no condemnation. For who? For those who are in Christ Jesus. Turn to the person next to you say, no condemnation. Say, this year, I wanted to live without condemnation. But condemnation has grabbed me. But I'm letting you know, from today, no more condemnation. Because I'm in Christ Jesus. Give the Lord a hand. There's no condemnation in Christ because in Christ there's no condemnation. So when you are in Christ Jesus, He's never going to condemn you because when you make a mistake, you run to Him, you ask Him, forgive me, and you know you are forgiven. Christ came to deal with sin so that we can be righteous. So I'm going to show you now how to be the best you. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's time to be the best you. Turn to the person on the other side. Say, I want to be the better me. Shake their hand and say, I'd like to introduce myself. This is the better me. This is the better me. Amen. Are you ready? Go with me in your Bible to Ephesians 4, verse 22. For many of you, this is not going to be new, but I'm just confirming a few things. Because if we are going to change this nation, this continent, it's not with guilt and condemnation, but it's with the love and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you there? Verse 22. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. It says that you put off. Is God going to put it off? Is somebody else going to put it off? You make that decision. You put it off. Turn to the person next to you, say, drop the attitude. 
turn to the person on the other side, just look at them and I say, just drop the attitude. So when that old nature wants to come, just drop it. Just drop it. Make sure if you are battling to drop it that you have some godly friends, brothers and sisters that in love can come to you and say, just drop it. And you don't take offense, you say, thank you Jesus for being in my life. Can I have one loud amen? amen. We're here to help each other, amen? This is instruction in righteousness. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. So let me just tell you something. Deceitful lust. there's only three things that's going to cause problems for you. The pride of life, lust of the eye, and the lust of the flesh. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. You know what's the good news? Every time you come and you say, here, I love you, Father. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Holy Spirit. You know what Psalm 91 verse 14 says? It says, because you have set your love upon him, he will deliver you. Lust of the eye you deal with through your relationship with Jesus Christ. Looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of your faith. Spending time in the word. Lust of the eye. Lust of the flesh, your relationship with the Holy Spirit. There's always a battle between the spirit and the flesh. Humility and pride. Faith and doubt. Good deeds, evil deeds. Hope, self-pity. It's always a battle. But when you lean and rely upon the Holy Spirit, you can conquer the things of the flesh. And the pride of life, total dependence upon God for everything, that humility, you deal with pride. Knowing that God is your provider, God is the one that makes the way. Can you see why it's important to have a relationship with God? Paul is saying, put off the former man, the old man. Let's read on, verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So he says that real you, the true you, are created in holiness and righteousness. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It means from the beginning, God planned glory for you. Sin disconnected you from that, but Christ came back to restore that back to you. So the true you were never designed to be a sinner. Turn to the person next to you say, you were never designed to be a sinner. You were designed for glory. So by faith, you become a better husband, a better wife, a better student, a better pastor, a better CEO, a better whatever you are finding yourself in right now. So the things that are keeping you back, when God reveals that to you, put it off. He's just saying, drop it. Look at this evil hand that I've got here. So if your hand previously did devilish things, this looks evil, hey? Oh. Come here. This is temptation. 
When you are desperate, you don't see where it's coming from. But many of your hands were involved with things of your old nature. Once you are born again, everything has become new. Everything has become new. The enemy wants to remind you of your past behavior, whereas God will always remind you of your future. The enemy will remind you who you used to be, whereas God will remind you who you can and will be. So Paul says, if you previously were stealing, behaving like the devil, now be a blessing and help. So he's saying, drop this corrupt nature. Take it off and make a decision and just drop it. Give the Lord a hand. You know what's going to happen? Somebody is going to upset you again. And the enemy will say to you, show him your evil hand. You know, some of you, when you used to drive in the traffic before you were saved and somebody cut in, in front of you without any excuse, you used to show them the finger of unforgiveness. The fact that you are laughing, I know you know what that means, amen. <laughs> you showed them the devilish hand. But now that you've put on, now that you've put on Christ, the new man, you can bless them. You can bless them, I bless you. These hands are no longer to steal, these hands now are to bless. Amen. Even though there's a battle between the flesh and the spirit, the spirit will always win. The victory that Christ gave us is victory in the realm of Christ Jesus. The enemy can shout at you. Remember David, when he faced Goliath, Goliath was bigger, was stronger, was louder, had bigger weapons. But he came from a realm of defeat and failure, whereas David was smaller, didn't have the weapons, but he found himself in the realm of victory in Christ Jesus. He said, it's not personal, you've not come against me, you've come against my God. We'll see to be or not to be. What you are saying, what I'm saying, we've said the same thing, we'll see who God is backing. Do you know why I'm saying that? Because many of you are trying to fight your Goliaths with flesh. You cannot fight flesh with flesh. You cannot fight fire with fire. Amen. Sin is a spiritual thing. Because we don't view sin as a spiritual thing. We want to fight it ourselves in our own strength, in our own ability. Because of our lack of understanding spiritual things, we think we only need God when we're going through a tough time. Christ came to deal with sin in the spirit so that you can have victory over every problem, every challenge, every difficulty. Some of you are looking at me like, Pastor, you've got no idea what I'm facing. You want to tell me the word is enough to solve the problem? That's why you have to be spiritually minded. 
what does he say? And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. When you are renewing your mind and you're doing it just from a soulish realm, it's only your strength. But the spirit of your mind, when the spirit of God is involved, it can bring change. Because this word has got healing power, it's got sanctification power, it's got deliverance power. So whatever you are facing, if you start to make this word the standard, it will deal with that problem. Can I have one amen? amen. Family, listen to me. This word cannot fail without God failing. Whatever challenge you are facing right now, this can solve it. This will solve it. Let's talk about lust of the eyes. Can I talk about lust of the eyes? Is that okay? So some of you are battling with lust of the eyes. You're battling with certain images that's in your mind that you cannot deal with. And even some Christian books that you read will tell you that you will never be able to deal with those images. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. Because this word is like a fire that can consume anything that, which is not of God. It's like a hammer that can destroy a rock. So if you're battling with images, so let me not, sugar, if you're battling with pornography, young people, and you're on your phones, and you're looking at things, and you think you're an adult, and you think you can start looking at everything and anything because you are big, there's a spirit behind that thing that wants to destroy you. The spirit behind pornography is self-hatred. Because when you look at that afterwards, you hate yourself. Because you're never made to look at that. That is reserved for yourself and your spouse in the marriage bed one day. The marriage bed is holy. And because we try and accommodate these things in the church, it remains in the church. But the Word of God came to deal with these things once and for all. So if you want to be a Christian, to be or not to be, decide what will be the standard in your life, the Word of God. So let me give you some good advice. That time that you're using on your device to look at things you shouldn't, just take that time and read the Word of God. When you start reading this Word of God, you think you're reading it, but it's reading you. When you are reading it, it will start to sanctify your mind. It will start to show you who you are in Christ Jesus, that you are born to be holy, that you were made righteous, that you are made in the image of God, that it's the Spirit of God that has made you, that it's His very breath that gives you life. That life of God, that breath of God, it's a fire that will start to burn through you and start to sanctify your mind, your way of thinking, that you will see what God has called you to be and how to live for Christ Jesus. The mistake that you make is you place a law upon yourself. You say, I'm not going to do this. And you place laws upon yourself. And as soon as you place a law upon yourself, guess what? You want to do it more. 
Because Romans says, once the law came, sin revived and I died. The more you tell yourself, don't eat the pastries, the more you want to eat the pastries. Can I see your hand? Nobody has got a desire to touch this pulpit. Let me just put a sign here that says, do not touch the pulpit. Then everybody would come and walk past here. That's the nature of man. So your problem that you are facing right now, you cannot fix it with laws. Turn to the person next to you and say, you won't fix it with laws. You fix it with Christ and grace. Ntati King, just come here quickly. Who else can we use? Um, Philip, come. Let me not use. So come and stand here. I want to explain something to you. Because one of the things that's amazed me the most in Christianity, how people want to embrace grace, not be under condemnation. They say they are sons of Father Abraham, but then they quote Moses and they want to live under the law. The easiest way to manage people is to put them under laws. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. But as soon as you do that, condemnation comes. So I'm Israel, a type of the church. Old Testament, this is the law. Israel was married to the law. Husband. The law is their husband. They have to obey him. The Bible teaches us this law is the perfect husband. He does not do anything wrong. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. And all that this husband can do is tell me what I'm doing wrong. You broke the Sabbath. You coveted that car. You lied there. Am I talking to the right people here? And we are married here, and when we are married here, every time we do that wrong, we're under condemnation. Because we say today, I'm going to get it right. And before I've walked out of the back door with this husband, he's told me, you've done that wrong, you've done that wrong, it should have been like that. And you've messed up and you go to work under condemnation. And when you're under condemnation, all that you can do is condemn those around you. Because when you are condemned, you condemn. When you feel full of guilt, you place guilt upon people. So here I am married to the law. So the word is true in the Old Testament and the word is true in the New Testament. Here's Jesus. Amen. That him off a king is Jesus, amen. <laughs> so for me now, I cannot divorce him and be married to him because then I'm breaking the law. And Christ did not come to break the law, he came to fulfill the law, amen. So he's never going to break the law. So here I am married. So what is the only way for me to be married to this new husband? I have to die, or the law must die. That's the only way. That's the only way. So if I want to experience resurrection power of Christ Jesus on this side, 
I'm going to have to die on this side. But as long as I want this alive, I have to live under this. And we are not called to live under the law. We are called to live under grace. So what does the Bible say? I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. Now that I'm dead, I can disconnect from the law, and I say I'm going to be married here to Christ. When I'm in Christ, there's no condemnation. When I make a mistake, he doesn't say, you stupid Bernard, you did it again. He says, don't worry, I died for it. Just say sorry, I'm going to show you now how to do it. And even though I fall seven times, he's lifting me up every time. Though I fall seven times, he's lifting me up every time. Though I fall, he's lifting me up every time. And I'm living under grace. I'm still not perfect. The only thing is, he who never knew sin, he became my sin. And I never knew righteousness, he became my righteousness. So by faith, when I'm born of the Spirit, we exchange abilities. His ability becomes my ability. And now I can have the right opinion about, about myself. I'm still going to make mistakes, but Paul says, when you make a mistake and that old man wants to come and bring guilt and condemnation, he says, put it off and put Christ on. Put it off and put Christ on. Amen. Thank you. You guys can go and sit. So when you do those crazy, stupid things, you're actually acting and behaving out of character. That sinful things that you do is not you. The real you are the one birthed in Christ Jesus according to righteousness and holiness. That's why when you are seeking the kingdom of God, you are seeking His kingdom and His righteousness. And then these, all these other things will follow. Amen? So when your mind is renewed, you will see the way that Christ sees you, and you will start to say the things that Christ is saying about you. But we always want to live under the law. Turn to the person next to you and say, live under grace. <clears throat> A true Christian is saved by grace, not by the law. A true Christian is saved by grace and not by the law. Galatians 2.20, I said that. I've been crucified with Christ. In Him, I've shared His crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ, the Messiah, lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in, by adherence to and reliance on and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself up for me. Amen. You know what Romans, I quoted Romans 8 verse 1. It says, therefore in Christ, when you're in Christ, there's no condemnation. Romans 8 verse 2, the Amplified, it says, for the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being. So when you're in Christ Jesus, when you've accepted him, you've become a new creation. Has freed me from the law of sin and death. Verse 3. For God has done what the law could not do. The law could not do this. So I don't know why people want to be under the law and put laws upon themselves. It's power being weakened by the flesh, the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit. You know when you are weak, when you try and live 
in victory without the help of the Holy Spirit, when you're just doing things in the flesh. But when you say, Holy Spirit, come and help me, He'll help you. He'll help you. Sending His own Son in the guise of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, God condemned sin in the flesh, subdued, overcame, deprived it of its power over all who accept that sacrifice. So what are you battling with? Is it the pride of life? Is it the lust of flesh? The lust of the eye? Accept the sacrifice. But I've done it so many times. Accept the sacrifice. Accept the sacrifice. Every time you make a mistake, run to Christ. That's why it's grace, grace, grace. Amen? I'm scared to ask, how many, who have you thought, how, who, how many of you think in your mind you've made a mistake so many times do you think God cannot forgive you or you've become tired to run to God? Don't, <clears throat> just be honest and raise your hand. You know, I think sometimes when we sing, Lord, do it again, do it again, many people are saying, do a miracle again, but most of us are saying, Lord, just do it again and forgive me, please. <laughs> Amen? So put this old man down and put the new man on. This is what Paul said. This is what he said. He understood that he could rely on God's strength in every situation. When you have that revelation that God is with you in every situation, your attitude and the way that you look at things will change completely. Because you know it's His ability in you that will help you in every situation. Let me close with this. I want to close with Philippians 4, verse 12 and 13. Paul says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. He says, I know how to live with almost nothing, with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is a full stomach or an empty stomach, whether it's with plenty or a little. So let me just tell you something. What are you saying here? He's saying, if you don't have the Holy Spirit... If you have a little, you would want more. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit and you have a lot, you'll also want more. Because without the Holy Spirit, you'll never be happy. You'll never be content. You'll never have peace in your life. So he's giving a warning here and he's saying, you know, this, the sin is not whether you have little or the sin is not when you have a lot. Because both can covet. The one who's got nothing can covet. And the one who's got a lot, he can cover it. He says, but I've learned to be content. I've learned to be happy, whether I have a little or whether I have a lot. He says, because I know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is the key. In whatever situation you are facing right now, whether they love you or whether they hate you, be content. Whether you have a little or whether you have a lot, be content. Whether you got the job or you didn't get the job, be content. Whether you got the promotion or you did not get the promotion, he says be content. Why? Because Christ is busy strengthening you, working out everything in your life. A very good example is Joseph. Joseph, when he was in the palace and everybody was smiling at him, giving him everything that he wanted, he was happy, 
he was content. And when he was in prison, when they were growling at him, when they were harsh at him, he was still content. There's a lesson to be learned in that. He was not moved when a lot came to him, and he was not moved or troubled in his heart when he was put in prison. And we need to get to that place that we have the peace of God in our hearts, that we can be content. To be content or not to be is not dependent on what's happening around us, but what's happening on the inside of us. Then we'll all be able to say, like a Paul, I can do all things, face all things, through Christ who strengthens me. Sila, give the Lord a hand. Please stand to your feet. Let me hear you pray. Say, Precious Father. Say it again. Say, Precious Father. Give me the grace to act with God. Give me the grace to act with God. Say it again. Say, Give me the grace to act with God. Give me the grace to know God's opinion about myself. Give me the grace to know God's opinion about other people. Give me the grace, Lord, to know your opinion about myself. Give me the grace to know God's opinion about other people. In Jesus' mighty name. Let me hear you pray. Say, precious Father, take me from where I am to where you want me to be. Take me from where I am to where you want me to be. Help me, Father, to be who you've called me to be. Help me, Father, to be who you've called me to be. Manifest your strength in my weakness. Manifest your strength in my weakness. Say, right now, I disconnect myself from anything that has been hindering me to be what God has called me to be. Pray it again. Say, right now, Father, I disconnect myself from everything that has been hindering me to be what God has called me to be. Take more of me. Give me more of you. Take more of me. Give me more of you. More of your love. More of your kindness. More of your goodness. And every good thing you've planned for me. Say, precious Father, give me a vision of the good future that you have planned for me and impart into me the strength to endure until the end. Say, grant unto me the vision of the good future that you've planned for me and impart strength to endure until the end. Help me, precious Father, to be content in every situation in Jesus' name. Help me be content in every situation in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand.
Right there where you are, just put your right hand on your heart. Nobody moving around right now. Just pray this prayer aloud after me. Say, Precious Father, my situation is beyond human means. I need the Savior of the world to save me. Save me, Lord Jesus. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth and I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ died for me, that he's alive right now, making intercession for all my weaknesses. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me to live a holy life well-pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you've prayed that prayer in humility and sincerity of heart, your sins are forgiven. Your past is over. God has disconnected you from your past. Old things are gone. Everything has become new. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. So if I can give you some good advice, don't talk about your past anymore. Don't talk about Egypt where you were in a place of bondage. God is taking you to the promised land. Start talking about the promise. Amen. If you want to grow spiritually, there's a very simple plan, growth plan. Connect to a team. Get submitted and committed in a living church. This is a living church. So if you're from around here, we want to take responsibility for you so that you can grow in the things of the Lord. So connect to the team. Number two, discover the dream. Discover your gifts. Amen? So that you can use them. And number three, serve in the dream team. So connect to a team, discover the gifts and the dream, and then serve in a dream team. You have to use your gifts, your talents that God has given you. Are you using them? Because there's a time where Christ will come and ask you, what have you done with what I've given you? Amen. So get involved and serve. Amen. Has your faith been lifted? Do you know who to be? Dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.